right over there. So 1 Timothy 1.16. Tonight we're going to talk about patience. Blind spot of patience. Last week was blind spot of, of uh, arrogant entitlement. We kind of feel like we, we deserve more than we, we should. And tonight is about patience. Patience is something that I, uh, I, I pray for all the time. I'm not a very patient person, if you know me at all. I kind of want to get things done and do things immediately, and I want to fix problems. Uh, if, if my wife and I are in a fight, I, like, want to, I want to, I, I can't, like, she can't leave the room. I can't leave the room. She can't storm out because I'm like, oh, we have to fix this. We have to make this right. I mean, I don't have, like, I was taught uh, when, when in my pre-marriage counseling, before you get married, you go to counseling to learn how to be married. Um, it's great. Uh, and they taught us, like, like uh, our pastor taught us, so when you guys get in a fight, here's what you need to do. You need to start a timer. And you start a timer, and then you need to let that timer go, and then you guys can talk about it. And I'm like, no, that's the stupidest idea I've ever, I've ever heard. I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. And my wife loves that. Like, you know, I need time. I need to process because that's what girls do sometimes. I don't understand it. Well, I'm like, no, we need to fix it now. Like, right now, we don't need a timer. Like, I think a microwave is too slow. Like, for real. Like, I, I don't have enough patience for a microwave, okay? Like, two minutes to warm something. Are you, are you kidding me? That's two minutes of my life. I must be, I need now. Like, heat. Like, someone invent that. You guys are really cool and smart. Invent, like, an instant, like, you're like, we have. It's called fire. Okay, cool. You know what I mean. All right. But man, patience is, and, and y'all are right there with me a lot. I look out here, I see your unpatient faces, okay? You're like, yeah, shut up, hurry up, I got to go, I got to study, I got stuff, I got to I understand that. And so I really, truly am not the one to teach on patience. I'm not the best person to get up here and be like, here's how you be patient. I'm not. I'm a poor example of patience. Like, I, I, I thought of, like, I literally wrote down, and when I write my messages, my examples, I highlight them in yellow. My personal story examples, uh, I highlight them in yellow. And I had so many stories of how I am impatient that I just decided to delete all of them. Because they're all saying the same thing. And I could just sum it all up right here. I am very impatient. And my life is full of impatient stories. I have a problem. So what do I do when I'm not good at something? This is what I do. I try to find whoever the best is at that thing, okay? I, uh, I try to be really good at CrossFit. I know you're like, yeah, ha-ha, you're fat, so you're CrossFat, whatever, okay? And someone's just like, Michael Knight, you're not fat. I'm like, yeah, I know. You, I mean, this morning, my son, Ayler, too, says, like, okay, first off, my wife is pregnant, okay? She's pregnant, it's awesome, and uh, a little girl and uh, if you want to name our child, you can, because we have nothing. We, we cannot come to agreement on a name. Uh, no, what was that? Okay, so I don't even, that, okay, I was kidding. I don't really want you to name my child. That's weird. I don't want you to have control over me. Anyways, she's, she's prego. I'm not. My son this morning, as I come home from CrossFit, fit, okay, I come home, I'm feeling bowed up. I'm feeling good. Seven in the morning, had my protein. I'm, yeah, I, I, I crushed you know, nobody at the gym, I, not good at all. And my son goes, Dad, that baby in your tummy? <laughs> it's not, it really hurt. You're laughing, but it hurt, like hurt my soul. I was feeling good about myself. And my son's like, there you go. Anyways, so I want to be really good at CrossFit. And so what do I do? What we all do. 
I go to YouTube, and I find the best at that sport. His name is Rich, okay? I never met him, but I call him Rich because his name is Rich Froning, but I call him Rich. Like, we're boys, okay? And, uh, and so I watch videos of him doing CrossFit. Is that weird? Maybe, all right? But I watch him because he's the, he's the best. He truly is the best. He is, he is awesome. Like, if I were going to be a, a, a quarterback, <laughs> I would watch... I really don't know who I would watch, okay? I would watch, I would truly watch and study somebody who I know, um, and, and, and I respect the man. His name is Andy Dalton. I would watch him and, uh, because he's a man of God on the field and off, and he's really good at his sport. So if I was a cheerleader, which I'm not, uh, I, would, I don't know who I would watch. And I'm sure you all have these insta-famous cheerleader people. Cool. They won't be famous in about four years. But... So what do I do if I want to learn about patience? I turn to the most patient person I've ever met. His name, God. You like how I said God? I don't know why I did that, but that was weird. God. <laughs> but he is the most patient person I've ever met. And yes, I have met him. I have a relationship with him. He actually lives inside of me and he's changed my life. He talks to me through the word of God, and I pray to him daily. And he's the most patient person I've ever met. How do I know that? Why? Because I'm not dead yet. Actually, none of us are, because he's patient with us. We don't even deserve his patience. If he wanted to, he could just be like, gone, world. But he's patient with us. And because, check this out, and because he's patient with us, we're able to learn more about him and be like him. If he wasn't a patient God in dealing with all of our junk, we would never really know him to the depths that some of us know him or some of us are going to know him. And so I want to read about his patience. I want to teach you about his patience. And the best place I could find was 1 Timothy 1. Now, 1 Timothy 1, verse 16 is where we're going to hang out. This is, uh, 1 Timothy is written by Paul, written to Timothy. Timothy is going to be a pastor, uh, which is what I would be called. And a lot of my team, they're pastors and uh, dealing with people. And Timothy's kind of starting a church. And Paul is writing him a letter on how to do that. And so being in ministry and being a pastor, <laughs> everybody's like, man, that must be the easiest job in the world. Wrong. Why? Because I have to deal with you people. Okay. Dealing with people requires patience. Y'all know that. You deal with people every day. And so I want, I want to show you what Paul tells Timothy about being patient. In verse 16 it says, But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners. He continues to call himself the worst of sinners. For that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul is telling Timothy, look, I was given mercy for this very reason. I was shown mercy. The worst of sinners. The reason I was shown mercy is so that Jesus could show his immense Patience.
Paul is saying, man, if he's going to be patient with me, Timothy, he's going to be patient with you. Remember, remember, tonight we, we're talking about patience. How do we grow in our patience? A lot of you right now, you'd be like, man, I've been doing this Christian thing for a while, or maybe I've been doing it for a little bit, and I just want, I want to grow, I want to learn, I want more. I want, uh. Here's what I want to tell you. Be patient. Be patient. For that very reason, it says in verse 16, I want to ask the question, for what reason? We'll find that answer in verse 15. We're going backwards. Verse 15. For what reason, Paul? He says in verse 15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the answer to the question in verse 16. For that very reason. What reason? What reason was he shown mercy? The reason he was shown mercy is in verse 15. It says so that he could save sinners. Dash of whom I am the worst. Again, he says, I am the worst of sinners. I'm the worst. The absolute disgusting worst. And he saved me. That in itself is a massive miracle. He doesn't need us. But he chooses us. And we get to have a relationship with him. And a lot of people will ask the question, well, if your God's such a good God, then why is there only one way to have a relationship with him, which is accepting him in your heart? How come, how come you can't do this and do this and do this and do this and do this? Or how come if your God's such a good God, then why does he send good people you know, to hell and blah, 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 all, you know, all these things? And by the way, he doesn't, I've told you this before, if you've been here at all. Uh, he doesn't really send anybody to hell. You choose that by not choosing him. And here's what else I would like to say to those people. Nobody in here would ever say, this, say these things. Here's what else I would say is how cool is it that this God, this God who has saved us, gives us a way to him. This God who created the world, created us, created you, died on a cross, all these different things. Do you think he has to? He has to save us? He has to change our lives? No. So let's reverse that. And man, he actually allows it. He allows, this awesome God allows it. He makes a way for us to have a relationship with him, with this almighty, amazing, incredible God. And the sad part is, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians that don't even take advantage of this almighty, awesome, incredible God. And if you would, your life would look a lot different. Let's keep going. Why was he the worst? Why was Paul the worst? He keeps saying he's the worst, he's the worst, he's the worst. In verse 13, keep going backwards. Verse 13. Even though I once, even though I was once, huge right there, a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. This is Paul pretty much saying, hey, I'm a sinner, I'm horrible, I'm this, I'm bad. It's his resume of being a jerk, his resume of being a sinner, his resume of being before Christ. Again, we're talking about how do, we be, how do we learn and see patience. We learn and see patience by seeing what God does and who he is and how patient he is with us, including Paul, the ultimate, the worst of sinners. It says, even though I was once. 
It doesn't say, even though I am still. And a lot of us in this room, we're, man, how can I grow on my walk? How can I change? How can these things happen? How can I learn? How can I allow God to move in me? How can I, why are all these things happening to me? All these things happening. And here's what I would learn from this verse right here, is that you're not what you say you are anymore. Because you were once. You're not anymore. You're not anymore this person that you were before Christ. Because when you ask Christ into your heart, he really truly does change you. He really truly does. But it takes you working on that. It takes you starting to want more of him. And when he starts to change you, you are different, period. Even though I was once the worst, a blasphemer, a persecutor, violent, what would you say, if you were writing this right now, what would you say you once were? I don't know. I know for me what I would write, I once was, but not anymore, praise the Lord. I once was. And how does that change happen? How, how, how does change happen? It's kind of like, and, and I love this illustration. I heard this, and it was just awesome. How does that change happen? And it's, it's kind of like, a popcorn kernel. A popcorn kernel is just a kernel. It's not that cool. It's just a corn kernel. It, I don't even know what's a popcorn kernel. It's just a corn seed. But what happens is we put that seed in the microwave for five minutes. We put that seed in there, and that seed, what happens is it, it changes, right? It pops. But how does it do that? It does that because there's a tiny, tiny drop of water in the middle of every single seed. And when that water is heated up so hot, it explodes. From the inside out, it changes the outside of what that seed looks like. It's not the same anymore. It's totally different and it tastes amazing with butter on it. Just like Jesus can do in you when that Jesus inside of you starts to heat up and you start learning more about him and you start digging in the word and you start doing things that you know you should be doing for him, what happens is the minute that it keeps going, it keeps going and you start to change. You start to change from the inside out. You start changing from the inside out. And so many of in this room struggle with patience, struggle with arrogance, struggle with forgiveness, struggle with all these different things, these blind spots in our life. And here's the encouragement is, is that, man, first off, you're not alone. We all struggle. But the cool thing is, is if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you don't have a little tiny piece of water or a tiny little drop of water inside of you. You have Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega living inside of you. And you can take that and you can change everything about you. And then let's go to one more verse. In verse 12 it says this. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy appointing me to his service. He saved us, he changed us, and he strengthens us. You gotta know that today. He saved us, he's changed you, and he strengthens you. 
But there's a lot of people in this room who you don't feel that way. You don't believe that. And I want you to know, as a Christian, if you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, He has changed you. He has saved you. And He can strengthen you. But you have to put forth the effort. You want patience with your family, you want patience with this, you want patience with these things. Jesus Christ can help you with that. Do you want it? And right now, you may be sitting here and you're like, man, I, 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 I don't have anything inside of me. I've never asked Jesus Christ into my heart. And I have nothing to go on and I have nobody to, to talk to and my life is absolutely insane. And when you do pass away, when you do die, which we all will, you're kind of unsure of what happens. And I want to give you hope tonight. And his name is Jesus. And you can ask him into your heart tonight and you can be changed from the inside out. And I want to give you all that opportunity right now. With no one looking around. 